Are you watching closely? Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? In life itself, a memoir, Roger Eaton begins. I was born inside the movie of my life. I was born a poor black child. The visuals were before me. I was born in it, molded by it. The audio surrounded me. The plot unfolded inevitably, but not necessarily. I don't remember how I got into the movie, but it continues to entertain me. First, the frames flicker without connection. We all are born with a certain package. We are who we are. Where we were born, who we were born as, how we were raised. We're kind of stuck inside that person. And the purpose of civilization and growth is to be able to reach out and empathize a little bit with other people. And for me, the movies are like a machine that generates empathy. It lets you understand a little bit more about different hopes, aspirations, dreams, and fears. It helps us to identify with the people who are sharing this journey with us. One week ago, as I write the script for what you're hearing now, more by the time you hear this, The Magicians ended its fourth season on sci-fi. It ended with the arguably subversive death of its lead character, but in doing so it also landed itself in the mire and muck of hashtag queerbaiting and hashtag barrier gaze. Because that character, Quentin Coldwater, was also half of Quellia, a homosexual ship that it attracted to the show or held the attention of LGBTQ viewers. Additionally, from the opening scene, we've known Quentin as a depressed, at times suicidal character. And his sacrifice, however literarily, cinematically noble, was still self-sacrifice. Fighting value in his death and this handling of mental health in a show that invited viewers with their own mental health issues was sloppily negligent at best, actively dismissive, and potentially dangerous at worst. The outrage was immediate. Some because, of course, the lead character we've been following for four years is gone. Much because, on the other hand, we were promised something out of the ordinary and now the show can never deliver it. In the age of Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr, parasocial grief is no longer a disenfranchised thing, but a thing to be voiced openly. The rage and the sadness was palpable. Some examples. No. My usual methodology is to quote a lot of sources. Let other people's words make my arguments for me. It's a good methodology, don't get me wrong. And I'm damn good at it. But not today. I will offer an oft-cited line this week from the co-creator of the show, Sarah Gamble, in an interview with Vulture about, quote, the gift that people give us when they die. Never mind for a moment those of us who suffer from depression, those of us with inclinations towards self-harm or suicidal ideation. I want to talk about storytelling for a moment. The noble sacrifice is a time-honored tradition in stories, fictional or historical. But what does this idolization of death get us? We live in the past, and so many of our heroes are dead. We need more living heroes. We need more stories in which living, even when it is a struggle to do so, wins out. No more noble sacrifices, at least not sacrificial deaths. Sometimes, obviously, the struggle is the sacrifice. We put our efforts into making other people's lives better, into making the world better. That is sacrifice. But it is not this romance with death bullshit that really is too damn easy when it comes to writing. And I've written The Noble Death. I've enjoyed stories with noble deaths. 
Hell, on some level, I can appreciate the attempted subversion of the whole notion of the quote-unquote lead character in killing off Quentin when there is another season to come. And there is even some defense in how Quentin's character is different from other hashtag barrier gays' deaths because he is the lead. Like him being queer should be his plot armor, and he can never die. But fuck all that. I don't care. I can make those arguments. I could probably make them convincingly, but I don't want to. Plenty of fictional characters get plot armor all the time. It's the whole imbalance of the past, really. Stories and stories built around white cishet men battling and dying nobly. And in some ideal world, those who don't fit that mold would be treated the same, would be expendable when the plot demands, would be able to have unrequited relationships that never work out. But we need balance first. Misrepresentative balance. And you heard that correctly. And someone will hear this and call it white guilt or whatever, but I don't care anymore. Hold up the minorities, hold up women, hold up queers, hold up sexually divergent, neurodivergent, abnormal, and that one is in air quotes, more than you hold up the old white standard. Make more shows that embrace the things that a conservative world fears. Stop embracing the past and embracing quote-unquote normal and celebrate everyone else for a change. Make more shows like The Magicians that offer nuanced heroes, nuanced villains, offer us humanity in the most horrible and horribleness in the most humane, offer us love in many forms, sex in many positions, skin in many colors, new combinations of race and gender and character that belong in the bright light of fillery far more, unfortunately, than they belong in the more drab color of Earth. Give us more, give us better. Give us something extraordinary, bold, strange, and beautiful. And when that is the new normal, we can reconsider the noble sacrifice. In the meantime, your life has value now. Anyone who tells you different is toxic and wrong. Peaches and plums, motherfucker. Cut. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a Mandalorian. Why would you create such an abomination? This is the weapon of a coward. The, uh, stuff that dreams are made of. To passport to another world. Should I be writing this down? Cut. That's a wrap. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Nothing is over! Nothing! You're still here? You just don't turn it off! It's over. Go home. Go. Go.